Hi friends and welcome back to Nobody Knows, the self-help and career development podcast dedicated to the ones who are still trying to figure it all out. I want to say first off, thank you so much again for all of your wonderful submissions through the Spotify Q&A function and then through Instagram on both specific posts as well as in my direct messages. I was very overwhelmed with all of your responses you sharing your experiences of times when you had no idea what you were doing in your life, but you somehow figured it out. And I am very excited to continue to share these every episode so that we can relate to each other, pass on advice, and actually feel supported in navigating life's uncertainties. Today's submission is from Amber. She wrote, I've moved to a new city, I've changed jobs, and now I don't know anyone where I currently am. It hasn't been easy. That's definitely tricky, but I can also imagine it as being somewhat refreshing. I love moving to new cities because that in itself can catapult you out of a funk if you were in one in your previous city. If you've listened to episode 15, I mentioned that I was living in my hometown last January as I was stuck in a rut. I worked from home. My heart was broken, just down in the dumps in general, and I had been all over my hometown, so I was less likely to go out and do new things, and there was nothing that I was looking forward to there. So I moved to Ottawa, a city that I had never lived in before, And it was exciting to even go to the grocery store. It was a total change of pace. It was exactly what I needed. And to your point on you don't know anyone, I think it can be a really difficult thing as we get older to make new friends. Everyone seems stuck in their ways with their existing friends. They're not as open to meeting new people. And when we're young, we have all of these set up pre-planned activities, you know, like school, play dates, extracurriculars to meet people. But now that we're older, we have either formed relationships, friendships, or like I said, we're just less likely to be in social situations or settings that force us to reach out to a stranger and get to know them. And I've actually compiled a few methods on how we can get you to meet some new people, Amber, and plus anyone else who's in a similar situation. First off, this one sounds cliche, but you should try Bumble BFF. I've heard so many wonderful stories about people meeting like-minded friends on there. I don't think it's anything like the actual dating part of Bumble, so it's definitely worth a shot. The second is seeing if there are any social clubs in your city. Typically, accounts on Instagram will be like social girl and then whatever city you're in. There was one in Ottawa. I didn't check it out, but it was very active. They did lots of events and it's curated by someone who lives in the city so they know the area, they're familiar with it. And the whole point is to foster friendship, networking, and going to fun events. So that I think is a good one to, you know, break the ice because everyone else who's there is also looking to meet new people. The next method sounds like something my mother would say, but (laughs) you should volunteer. If you have an animal, I feel like volunteering at an animal shelter or rescue organization could introduce you to not only adorable four-legged pals, but it can also connect you with individuals who have the same interest as you. And it's a lot easier to form a connection when you have similar interests. The next one might seem a little daunting. It did to me when I tried it out first, but once I did it, I honestly, I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, why have I not been doing this for myself sooner? Take yourself out alone, whether that's for coffee, for dinner, to an attraction, to a museum, doing something you like, 
and stay off your phone. One, you're enjoying an experience on your own and that in itself is something should be, that should be cherished. As well as when you're not on your phone, you open yourself up to people coming up to you, talking to you. The invisible barrier is gone and you definitely seem more approachable. Then lastly, this can tie into the previous method, but make the first move. Furthermore, if you're out alone and you're not on your phone, you're more present and aware of what's going on so you can talk to someone else wherever you're at. Also, making the first move puts you in the driver's seat. I love this because I am very much an extroverted introvert and I overthink everything. Anytime I talk to someone new, anytime I meet someone, I'm like overthinking everything I'm saying. I'm uncomfortable. Do they like me? Am I coming across okay to them? There's just so many things going in my mind. So by you making the first move, you have a sense of control. You can steer the conversation how you please. You don't have to talk to them for too long. You can talk to them for as long as you like. You feel a little bit more comfortable, more at ease, and less anxious about the conversation. And furthermore, this builds confidence. So even if you start, like I said, with baby steps of making the first move and paying someone a compliment, and then the next time you maybe pay them a compliment and ask them about something that they're wearing or something that they're doing, building up to having that conversation of saying, hey, we have a lot of similar passion, similar interest. I see you like this. I love this too. Would you ever want to do X, Y, Z together? Thank you so much for writing in, Amber. I hope some of these tips were helpful. Let us know how you're making out in your new job, in your new city. We want to hear how it's going in the future. And if you're listening to this and you have an experience that you want to share on here, you can write to me at Nobody Knows Podcast on Instagram. You can send me a DM or just comment on a post. Or you can also submit through the Spotify Q&A function. You'll just have to click on the reply button of this particular episode. Moving on to today's episode topic, if you are career oriented, then your job is probably your main focus. I think it's also safe to assume that if you're in your 20s and early 30s, then you are wanting to figure out how to get ahead, how to stand out at work, and if so, then this episode is for you. If none of those things I just mentioned apply to you, first off, that's totally okay. There's a mix of us here that either love their careers, find meaning out of working, and feel fulfilled by it, and then there's the rest of us who view their job just as a job. They work so that they can pay the bills and focus on other pursuits and passions in life. Both are valid and great ways to live. However, if you're in the latter group, you might not find this episode very stimulating today. So stick around if you want, but don't say I didn't warn you. If you were to put me into any category I just described, I am definitely career motivated. It's all I've really known growing up. Since I was 15, I've had a job. My parents instilled that if I wanted to do things, have money to buy clothes, travel, go to university even, I was obviously going to have to pay for it. And for the most part, they were not going to help me out. All of my parents, and I say all of my parents because I'm including my mom, my dad, and my stepmom, they are mixed a little bit of boomers and Generation X. So, of course, they have had that standard one career to which they stand at for the majority of their lives. And I'm sure you can relate that when that's all you've ever seen, it's very difficult to step away from that norm. So, going to work every day, putting in really hard work, staying there for years on end, and your main focus in life is a career bringing home the money, essentially. 
And while I've certainly had several jobs, I've treated each of those as seriously as the next and have given my solid effort each time. I've always tried to find meaning or enjoy the current job that I've had. And I know that this is a controversial take because after COVID and now that we have shifted to the mindset that, you know, your job is not everything, which I also believe in. We have found easier ways to do our jobs, so on and so forth. Me sitting here and saying I place a lot of importance on my job goes exactly against this realization. But I think it is okay to like your job and to like putting in a good day's work. Personally, I struggle to set work boundaries, which is a separate issue. Um, and that can be an episode entirely on its own. But today I want to share with you the top piece of career advice that I have learned. This tip will set you apart from your colleagues. It will demonstrate your competence so that you're not continuing to be viewed on a junior level. And it's going to boost your confidence and squash those feelings of doubt. Being five years into my career now, the biggest thing I've learned and continue to live by is there is such a thing as a stupid question because Google should be your best, bestest, best friend when navigating a job. And maybe it's because I was a communications major. I say that in air quotes because really what the heck even is a communications major? That's like the running joke of someone who's in that field or that degree. But I feel very deeply about this topic because language is power. Communication is at the heart of everything we do. However, it's the easiest thing to fuck up. And both millennials and Gen Zs have reportedly, apparently, I didn't even know this, poor soft skills. So not to lump us all together, but collectively we one, hate face-to-face communication and two, we have weak literacy skills, which is essentially a recipe for disaster. The number one reason why I believe there's such a thing as a stupid question is anything we need to know, we can figure it out on Google now. Knowledge is at our fingertips and honestly, that's like such a privilege. We didn't have that 20 years ago and it just feels like anytime a silly question gets asked, we're squandering this ability. These days we have access to everything, so I don't think that there's a reasonable excuse for ignorance. I think back to my last job, I had worked at a hair extension startup company and working at a startup is honestly a whirlwind because the four to five employees that work there, if there's that many people, wear 30 different hats daily. My title was digital media specialist and there was some website work that I had really no idea what I was doing for whatever reason. I thought that my boss would know and I don't know why I thought this, probably because she was my boss and I just assumed she had all the answers and I was actually wrong. There were many times I asked her questions that I was stumped on and she would just Google them in front of me and 95% of the time she'd find out the answer just from that simple Google search. And this is when I had a little bit of an aha moment. This is what differentiates someone from a junior executive level to someone who's more senior, who's resourceful, who figures shit out. Because had I just done the same thing, had I just looked up my questions on Google first before bringing them to her, I could have saved her a lot of time. And eventually I I caught on to this and would complete a few search queries myself when I was having web difficulties and I solved so many problems before I brought them to my boss. To which I say this not only demonstrated my initiative, but it made me look better in her eyes because I wasn't bugging her 24 seven with questions that she one didn't have the time for nor the mental bandwidth for. And furthermore, asking a stupid question at work, it 
plasters like an imaginary sign on your forehead that says, I don't have the necessary soft skills to navigate this situation. And I bet we all know that exact feeling of that plastered sign on your forehead of everyone staring at you and they're like, did you really just ask that question? Or it's just complete silence. It makes everyone feel easy because if you're asking this stupid question, you clearly didn't pay attention to the information provided or you don't know how to access that information when it's readily available to you. And there have been many times, more than I'd probably like to admit, that I have zoned out of a meeting or skimmed an email chain, to which I think that is fine as long as we are not the sole communicator in either the email thread or the meeting. If I'm an additional member, I think it's fine to just have it on the periphery. However, at a moment's notice, we should be able to find all the information, files, agenda notes, any details needed when someone asks. Along with plastering an imaginary sign on your forehead, when you ask stupid questions, you send a signal to your coworkers, and it's not a good one either. The signal suggests that you're happy to, one, waste other people's time, and two, take focus away from the conversations at hand. And I read an example of this in a LinkedIn article by Amy Tobin, and she writes, someone begins an email chain about a project and conversation ensues. Someone jumps in late to the game and instead of reading through the thread and getting a grasp on where the conversation is, they just start emailing questions that have already been answered. Sometimes those questions start with, you may have already talked about this, but, and then the stupid question comes up. That's so maddening. And that is a stupid question because essentially you've said, I'm not going to bother reading this entire email chain. The conversation isn't worth that level of effort, but I do feel like I want to be part of the conversation, so I'm going to insert my thoughts here. And to my previous point, when I said, if you're on the periphery, I think it's okay for us to zone out a little bit or just not be as engaged. But if we have to re-engage, we need to be skimming the email first. We need to be looking in the files and the folders to see if we can find the proper notes, research, documents before we're inserting ourselves into the conversation. I understand if this might come off as harsh, and I also realize that there are so many nuances to if a question is actually stupid or if it's valid, depending on your industry, your specific workplace, the structure of the way your team is set up, just so many variables. However, I am positive that if you wanna be taken seriously as a colleague, if you wanna go a step ahead show your competence, stand out, then you have to be careful about the questions you ask. And maybe it's not even careful, it's strategic and thoughtful about those questions. Don't just splurt out of everything that you're thinking. Take a beat, do your research, look at all previous emails, internal messages, notes, agendas, like I said, other insights elsewhere, and then extend the conversation and make people think with the question that you're asking. A routine that my previous boss got me into to avoid asking stupid questions is if I have a question, I need to brainstorm three different scenarios or ways to solve said question and then present them to him with my rationale. And getting into this habit of problem solving any and all questions has saved me from a lot of times that I could have asked a stupid question. For example, going back to the situation of trying to find a specific document, I am already problem solving and figuring out at least three different scenarios, areas in which that specific document could be hiding before I'm even thinking about asking someone else. 
And lastly, before we wrap up, it's okay to ask a stupid question from time to time. And honestly, it's going to happen. <laughs> there are moments when your brain just does not compute or you're in back-to-back meetings and you don't have capacity to problem solve. And that, of course, is what a team is for. But most importantly, don't let the fear of asking a stupid question or looking silly curb your curiosity or prevent you from speaking up. As I mentioned, communication is at the heart of everything and is the foundation of a good workplace and effective team, but you can't exactly operate if you're scared of asking questions. Thanks so much for listening and until next time, friends, bye.